0: Daniel chapter 10, Daniel chapter 10, speaking of demons, last, well, come on in, fella, lady, come on, good morning. Good morning. You know, it'd be funny if we kind of had this thing like cheers, right, when somebody comes in and everybody just goes, hey, you know, kind of ate, that kind of dates me a little bit, doesn't it? <laughs> cheers was a good show sometimes. Speaking of demons, the Bible is a, is an incredible book. It is a supernatural book. It is a book that, from time to time, allows us the ability to peer behind the veil and to see what lies behind. What lies behind what we can see with our own physical eyes and what we can hear with our own physical ears. Now, last week you'll remember that we told you the story about Elisha and his servant. One of my favorite stories in all of Scripture because. It reminds me so much of some of the anxieties and the fears that you and I can have when we're limited by what we can see. But the Bible tells us that the faithful do not walk by sight, they walk by faith. And so as Elisha was standing there and as his servant was terrified by the invading armies that were coming in and all he could think about was the fact that he was about to lose his life, he was never going to see his family again, Elisha looks up and he says, oh Lord, just would you just just open his eyes so that he can see? And he opened up his eyes. And for that moment, he was able to unzip the tent, open the flaps, and see beyond the veil. And what did he see? He saw reality, didn't he? Amen. Now, last week I used an illustration. Y'all know what VR is. Everybody knows what VR, virtual reality. You've seen these headsets. My son got him one of those, and you put it on, and you feel like you're in a whole different world. Whitefields, I know you guys got one, don't you? You put that thing on, you feel like in a whole different world. Well, a lot of times we think this is reality. But in reality, you don't live in this reality. You are a spiritual being who is happening to have a physical experience. Right now, whether you realize it or know it or not, you have VR goggles on your eyes. You say, I don't know if I believe that. Well, listen, I'm no scientist, but I read a lot. (laughs) And I read from people who are way smarter than I. And I know that if you go down to the very smallest possible... um, molecule or atom or whatever you want to call it. Like I said, I'm not a scientist, but I have read them. Uh, if you get down to the smallest, there comes a point when you try to get so small that you cannot get any smaller. You get into what's called quanti. And if, at some point, if you try to divide it all the way down to, to a certain level, the, the, your, your location becomes almost, it disappears. Quantum physics boggles the mind. But, but it, the same thing happens on the micro scale. Uh, the scientists will tell us that the universe is, is not eternal, that, that there is a limit, there is an edge out there somewhere, and, and the, the best minds tell us that it's constantly expanding. You know what that tells me? In my little finite theological mind, that you and I are living in a digital simulation. A subset, a lower dimensionality of a much higher being. And that you and I are experiencing that in lieu of what is coming later when you and I die and go to heaven one day. So that's what we're going to be doing this morning in Daniel chapter 10. We're going to be taking the goggles of the VR off just a little bit. And I need somebody who's got a loud voice. And we're going to pick up the flavor of this. We're not going to go and detail verses 1 through 12. We did that last time. But if somebody would please volunteer, I'd like you to read verses 1 through 12 so we can get the whole flow of the chapter again and we're going to touch on a few other subjects here at the very end of this chapter. Can I have a volunteer to read? Okay, thank you. Oh, that's right. I have the mic up here. Thanks, David. Sandy. All right. Chapter 10 verses 1 through 12.
1: Okay. From the New American Standard Version. All right. Thank you. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel who was named Belteshazzar, and the message was true and one of great conflict. But he understood the message and had an understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, had been mourning for three entire weeks. I did not eat any tasty food, nor did meat or wine enter my mouth, nor did I use any ointment at all until the entire three weeks were completed. On the 24th day of the first month, while I was by the bank of the great river, that is, the Tigris, I lifted my eyes and looked, and behold, there was a certain man dressed in linen whose waist was girded with a belt of pure gold of Ufas. His body also was like beryl. His face had the appearance of lightning. His eyes were like flaming torches. His arms and feet like the gleam of burn, polished bronze. And the sound of his words like the sound of a tumult. Now I, Daniel, alone saw the vision. While the men who were with me did not see the vision, nevertheless a great dread fell on them, and they ran away to hide themselves. So I was left alone and saw this great vision, yet no strength was left in me, for my natural color turned to a deathly pallor, and I retained no strength. But I heard the the sound of his words, and as soon as I heard the sound of his words, I fell into a deep sleep on my face with my face to the ground. Then, behold, a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. He said to me, O Daniel, man of high esteem, understand the words that I am about to tell you and stand upright. For I have now been sent to you. And when he had spoken this word to me, I stood up trembling. Okay,
0: very good. Oh, 12. Go ahead. Yeah, read 12. Then
1: he said to me, do not be afraid, Daniel. For from the first day that you set your heart on understanding this and on humbling yourself before God, your words were heard. And I have come in response to your words.
0: Okay. Thank you very much, Sandy. Very well, very well. I
2: have a quick Please, so, yes. I yeah. Are we to understand from context that he's mourning over the ex- are we to understand from context that he's mourning over the exile? Is that what the three weeks of mourning is about?
0: The exile has ended by this point. This is the third year of Cyrus. And and we know that Cyrus has already Release the captives, right? So, uh, if if, chronologically speaking, Ezra, Nehemiah, that that kind of time period, Daniel is in his upper eighties. He's um, chosen to stay, or we think he's chosen to stay in uh, Persia at this time. The question is, what is he mourning over? I don't know specifically what he's mourning over. I have a sense that he is trying to understand the breadth, the the gravity of all of the revelation that he received in chapter 9. That's, that's, my, that's my thinking. I don't know. I c- it could be still uh, mourning over the situation with the captivity. But by now, if you remember, when we were in Daniel chapter 9, he was fasting and praying about that, right? About the captivity. And he had calculated the years of, that Jeremiah had said, and he knew it was close. And and he's, he's really just focused on fasting and praying for that. And that's, that's how they tried to capture him and um, throw him into the lion's den, that whole thing. That's, that's when that happened. And that was three years earlier than this event here. Um, and so I don't think so. Um, but so far, you remember, he's had these encounters over the course of his entire life. Daniel chapter 2, Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Daniel chapter 7, the visions that basically confirm and expand upon those earlier visions. Several times, we've already seen that Daniel has just been overwhelmed by these experiences. And and the last time he had these experiences, he said, I don't understand. I was left undone. I couldn't eat for weeks. And so my personal conviction is he's still pouring over that. And here's why I say that. Because Daniel chapter 10 is a setup for the revelation, the further expansion of that revelation from Daniel chapter 9. We're going to see that in chapter 11 and chapter 12. So based upon the answers that the angel gives Daniel, I deduce from that that that's what he's focused on in his prayer.
2: So he has this overwhelming dream, and he, he says, that just rocked my world for yeah. three weeks, and then he goes into the, for the explanation.
0: Comes yes. To him, so, okay. Yeah. So, he, so yet again, Daniel is fasting and praying. And do bear in mind, he's been fasting and praying for how long? For three weeks now. Okay. And this angel, which, again, we don't know who this angel is. He's not named here. Um, some people assume that he's Gabriel, but we can't really assume that. We don't know. He's already met Gabriel twice, so you would think if it was Gabriel, he would have said, hey, Gabriel came back and met me. All right. But we don't know for sure. But here's what we do know for sure. Daniel is, is, is determined to go to the Lord to receive revelation about the things that the Lord has shown him because he wants to understand. And that's where we pick up here in verse 13. Now, look at what this angel says to him. He said, I would have been here sooner, but the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me for 21 days. Now, who is that? Mm-hmm. That's right. Because, again, this is like we talked about last week, Arthur. Is this Cyrus? No. The, the, the physical prince of Persia is Cyrus. But what he's talking about is the power behind the nation of Persia, the kingdom of Persia. Now this gives you a little insight into something, doesn't it? That there are principalities and powers that, from the dark side, from the from the side of the enemy, has built a hierarchical structure, if you will, and there are powers behind kingdoms, powers behind nations. Right, one more yes, go it's ahead, David Ode. No, interject anytime, please. Do you think
2: every spiritual power behind nations are opposing God? Because, I, I mean, in, you look at the history of the world, it's, it's basically warfare. It is. So uh, are there, maybe better, are there any nations that you think have a spirit of being on God's side? <laughs> okay.
0: Well, Israel, sure. Uh, Michael is, is the archangel, and he is known in the Bible as the protector of Israel. Um, so there's that. And again, we're we're trying to conjecture based upon really little bits of info, but my opinion is yes. Uh, my opinion is yes, uh, because if you remember in the Book of Genesis, it says that, that nations were divided into seventy nations, and they were divided according to the seventy sons of Jacob, right? The seventy sons of Jacob that went down into, um, went down into Egypt, right? And you get the sense that these seventy nations also um, fall under the authority and under the realm of the enemy of Satan and his fallen angels. Because remember, God has always kept a slice of humanity for himself, right? The nation of Israel, that's his. And that's his to sovereignly do with as he will. And I get the sense from Scripture that the enemy can't do anything about that. That's under God's sovereignty, right? But he's going to use the nation of Israel to affect the rest of them, to affect the rest of us. And I'll, I'll get into a little bit more conjecture about um, principalities and powers in here in just a moment. Let's go a little bit further. Look at verse 13 again. So then Michael, one of the chief priests, came to help me. So Michael comes along to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future for the vision concerns a time yet to come. See, he's he's mourning, David, I believe, he's mourning because of his people. Think about what God just revealed to him three years earlier in the book of Daniel chapter 9. He's already been mourning about his people already. They just went through 70 years of captivity. They have gone through. Imagine what we know looking back at Hitler thinking, wow, what have the Jews gone through? Well, think about from his perspective after 586 B.C. and the destruction of the temple and the wiping out of hundreds of thousands of Jews and the taking into the captivity and the destroying of families. Wouldn't you be concerned about your people? And what if, the, what if the Lord has sent an angel to you and said, I see where you are, America, and, and I'm going to get rid of all the wickedness that's in America, and I'm going to restore you to your glory again. But guess what? It's going to happen again. And sometime in the future, it's going to get destroyed again. And your people are going to be murdered again. And you knew that was coming, but you didn't know how to handle it. What do you do with that kind of information when you know what's coming? It's hard to deal with sometimes. And I can tell you from dreams and visions that the Lord has given me and many others about things that are coming in this nation, sometimes it's hard to deal with and act normal when you know what's coming. So he's mourning. He says, Lord, I need, I need more information. I need to know what to do. I need to know what's going to happen. I'm concerned about my people, Lord. You've given me enough vision to see this far, but, but that's not enough, Lord. I want to see what's going to happen. Are we going to be okay in the end? That is the content of chapter 11 and 12. And that's what we're going to get into here in just a moment. Now, Michael is called a chief prince. He's known in the Bible as an archangel. What is an archangel? There's, uh, there's three archangels mentioned in the Bible. Can anybody name them? I'm curious. Gabriel, Gabriel, Michael, and who? Now, Raphael is not mentioned in Scripture. Not mentioned in Scripture. But we know him, Right? He was also a ninja turtle. I'm kidding. (laughs) I I thought you might appreciate that because that's more kind of our level, right? (laughs) All right. Anyway, I'm sorry. My wife says, please don't crack jokes. They're really not that good. Um, Some people conjecture. I usually get the sympathy laughter too, so that's good. If I don't get one, I get the other. Um, Some people conjecture that the third archangel in the Bible is Lucifer. Lucifer. I don't hold to that view because there's a scripture I'm going to take you to in just a moment that calls him something different. Apparently in the scriptures, there is actually another class of angels. Only four of them are mentioned in the Bible, and they're called cherubim. Now those are not, when I say cherub, what do you automatically think of? Those cute little fat babies with wings. No, 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 that's the Renaissance, and I don't know where that came from. (laughs) That's not cherub's. Okay, We'll talk about those guys in a minute. But understand the analogy here. I'm going to use a little football analogy, and I'm probably going to get it wrong because I don't know much about football. But here's a guy, here's an angel, and he's running the ball to Daniel, right? And he's a certain class of angel. But on the other side, like again, I, I grew up with boxing, not football. Who's the guy that comes in to try tries to stop that from happening? Is it a linebacker? Okay, here comes a big linebacker, <laughs> and he stops him right there, right? And, he, and, and what do you call that? Interference. Come on now, guys. I, 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 okay. So so, there, so he's keeping that ball from getting down to the end zone. Right? I don't. I See, listen, in my family, we, we grew up with boxing and mixed martial arts. Let's go, back to Ninja Turtles. go back to Ninja Turtles. I was doing better with that. That's true. <laughs> but all of a sudden, here comes Michael. Now, Michael's a big dog. Right? So Michael comes in, and Michael starts going toe-to-toe with the prince of Persia to free up this other angel so he can finally take this message to Daniel. Okay, so we're on the same page? All right, let's keep going. Um, Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Verse 14. Now I came to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future. For the vision concerns a time yet to come. And that, that idea, the time yet to come, it has the idea in the Hebrew of being sometime in the distant future. Like way out there, okay? In other words, I'm going to give you the big far out picture of, the, of your nation, of the people of Israel, okay? Verse 15. While he was saying this to me, I bowed my face toward the ground, and I was speechless. And the one who looked like a man touched my lips, And I opened my mouth, and I began to speak. And I said to the one standing before me, I'm overcome with anguish because of my vision, my Lord. I feel very weak. How can I, your servant, talk with you, my Lord? My strength is gone, and I can hardly breathe. Again, the one who looked like a man touched me and gave me strength. Have you ever noticed how angels almost, every time you see an angel, they're giving you strength? Three times in the book of Daniel, he's seen angels now. And he just he loses it when he sees this angel. And he has, to be, he has to receive strength. You remember Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane? He says, Lord, if, if there's a way... I don't know of a way, but you, you would know if, if, if there's a way. Let this cup pass from me. And the Bible says that he was so in anguish that his... It, I, don't, I can't remember what it's called. It's, it's an actual physical condition that can happen when you are so anxious that your blood, that your sweat can actually mix with blood from the capsules in your body and burst and come out as blood on your body. That's how much an anguish he was in. He says, if there's some way to let this cup pass from me, do it. But nevertheless, what? Your will be done. Your will be done in the end. But the Bible says angels came and ministered, strengthened him. Or, or back a little earlier when he was fasting. Right before he went into public ministry and he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights and and Satan himself came and he tempted him three times. And each time he answered Satan with the word of God and he stood upon that faith. And afterwards, when Satan left, the Bible says angels appeared to him and strengthened him. Listen, I believe angels still strengthen you today. You may not see them all the time, but the Bible tells us that they are... This is the book of Hebrews. I can't tell you where. The <laughs> Hebrew writer does the same thing. Uh, that the angels are ministering spirits sent to those who are the heirs of salvation. And that's you and I. So verse 19, do not be afraid. You are highly esteemed. He said, peace, be strong now. Be strong. And when he spoke to me, I was strengthened. And I said, speak, my Lord, because you have given me strength so he said, do you know why I've come to you? It's kind of an obvious question. I'd be like, well, no, that's no, I have no idea why you came. Soon I will return to fight against the prince of Persia. And when I go, the prince of Greece will come. But first I will tell you what is written in the book of truth. No one supports me against them except Michael, your prince. Now, first of all, apparently in heaven, there is a book In fact, there's a lot of books in heaven. There's a book of life. You want to make sure your name's in that one. I don't know how to understand this theologically, but apparently your name can be erased from that one too. And here there's a book of truth. And apparently this book of truth is all the revealed wisdom that's available to mankind. And sometimes I wonder, and this is just Tim Brown's conjecture here, This is no, thus says the Lord. I don't know, but this is just me. But sometimes I wonder if there's not things in that book of truth that we could have if we had the same kind of faith that he had and prayed and fasted for it. How much could we know from that revelation from heaven, that Rima word of God, if we would get on our knees every day and fast and pray for revelation, for things that we need revelation about? So now this angel is about to give Daniel some information. And the angel says here that after that, he's going to have to go back and fight against the prince of Persia. Now, who's, I mean, uh, you fight against the prince of Persia. And not long later, he says the prince of Greece is going to come. Now, find that fascinating because the Persian empire at this point is just getting ramped up. Greece is 200 years from now. (laughs) But see, time don't matter when we're talking about that next realm up there, right? Right? So he's going to go up there, he's going to fight against this prince, and somehow this prince is going to be moved out of the way, and that power vacuum is then going to allow another principality to step in, which is going to cause the rise of the Grecian Empire. Do you think the Roman Empire might have had one too? Yeah? That's right. And Arthur, isn't it amazing that when you think about what's going on in that realm that we can't see, right? Whatever happens up there in that realm has, you gotta be kidding me.
3: <laughs>
0: We're just getting started. Okay, but whatever happens up there, it has results here, right? Whatever is going on up there, it has results here. And you have the sense when you're reading this story that as Daniel fasts for three weeks, what happens down here also has effects up there. Have you ever wondered what would have happened if Daniel had fasted 20 days and not 21? He didn't quit. And and you seem to get a sense that there's somehow that Daniel's fasting... I don't know, David, maybe you can speak to this a little bit. I, I'm, I'm really confused on this. But you get a sense that Daniel's fasting here on the earth, him pouring out his human strength, his physical strength, his spiritual strength on the earth, is somehow causing what happens up there to, to it makes a difference somehow. Yeah. The question is, are we fasting and praying? Fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Amen to that. Change of mind, repentance, change
3: your mind. Change your mind, the way
2: you think. You're thinking the same, not you know, you're of the same, you see. Mm hmm. I've never really understood it, but this sounds like what Jesus told Peter, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven and not, i don't have a grasp of what that means
0: And whatever you loose has right, been loosed right. Ooh, that's very good we understand how much power we have. i think you're right i think you're right i think we i think we don't see ourselves the way the lord sees us and i for darn sure know that in a lot of churches we don't see each other the way that we need to see each other that's right Hey, listen, so since we're up against the bell, I'm not going to get into this next section. Um, we, we've gotten to the very end of, of the chapter, which is really good. I actually just had a couple things I wanted to talk to you about angels before we get into chapter 11, but I can hold that till next week. I know that this has probably stirred up some questions, so let me just give it back to you guys for a moment. What, what does this bring up in your mind? When you consider the things that we've looked at at chapter 10, what questions does it stir up? What does it make you think of? What, what impresses you here when you read the text? You will give you the mic so we can get you on the mic
3: it's like you're, you're giving yourself all completely to god you're, you're not you're not what he's meaning by fasting is not nothing of the world like you know no food, like you said, no good eats or nothing you know you're fully being praying to God and, and giving yourself fully to him with your mind body, and spirit not nothing from the world like Whatever we do, anything that you do normally in your own life that you're doing, you know, the phone, the TV, whatever such that you do, God wants you to completely give your, your, your full attention to him with your body, mind, and spirit to him. Mm-hmm. And the fasting makes God's, uh, you're, 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 you're seeking him only yes. at that time. You're, 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 you're giving him respect. God doesn't want you to fear him in, in a way of fear like you're scared of him. He wants you to respect him. And to, and to you know, Jesus came on the cross. He gave His only begotten Son. He gave His only begotten Son. You know, He He did all that for us.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, and then you know, it makes me cry each time that somebody brings that up. You know about Jesus because, you know, He 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 endured a lot on that cross. So, for myself, I didn't really ever realize in my life that how how much how much pain that Jesus went through. For me and for all of us, you know, for everyone, and and we need to deny ourselves, pick up our cross, and that's what you know we need to do. And then at the same time, you know, if we really repentance means literally to change our mind, the way we think, the way we do things, and 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 we need to really get like like um, Daniel, hmm. get under it and and if he you know if he did it, I mean. God gave him the strength. It's not really him. His strength is God's strength that's that does right. it. It's, 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 the, it's, it's the spirit. God wants us to go with him in spirit and in truth. You know, um, I don't know how. I mean, like I said, I've never really read the whole Bible. Mm-hmm. But um, that's what I, 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 I feel a, a, that the spirit is speaking to Good. me. In
0: that Thank manner. you, brother. Does anybody have anything uh, burning on their chest to say before we close? Okay, let me say this. Um, when I teach um, spiritual disciplines, you know, we, we had a. Uh, what, what are you doing? <laughs> sense, you're not right. Um, whenever, we, whenever I teach spiritual disciplines, if you remember uh, earlier, earlier in the spring this last year, we, we taught a series, about 14 or so sessions of 95.5 time, quiet time with the Lord learning how to hear his voice. Um, we didn't really talk a whole lot about fasting. Um, I want to share this with you because it's an example, not because I'm trying to draw attention to myself. And I could easily go and probably have 10 other examples in the audience right now. But last week, uh, I felt called to go into a three-day fast. And my kids, inevitably, were like, well, why do you do this, Dad? You know, especially the little ones, why, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? And, and the, the example is simple. Fasting, what it does is it turns down the noise of your flesh, right? It turns down the noise of your flesh, and it tunes the ears of your spirit so that you can hear more clearly. That's why Daniel's doing this. And it's not taught today. And I remember growing up, and and when I was growing up with my experience of Churches of Christ, I was like, they're like, oh, fasting, that's Old Testament. You don't worry about that. That's back in then. Listen, his people are our people. Daniel is one of us we are one of them we've been identified with the nation of israel these things are written for your learning and i want to tell you that there are things that are written in the heaven's book of truth that he wants you to know and the only way you're ever going to know what's in that book of truth is if you go before the lord and you fast and you pray and you seek him with all of your heart Over time, you will receive revelation from heaven, just like Daniel. It may not be the same content, but I guarantee you that revelation will be for your benefit, for your family's benefit, and for your future. Amen? All right. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord cause His face to shine upon you. The Lord give you peace as you go. Father, I pray uh, for this body, for myself. I pray that you would continue to give us wisdom and transformation in our hearts and lives. Be with us as we get ready to worship your holy name. And we say this in the name of Jesus, your son. Amen. All right. God